everyone doing today great I hope because you know why because God is good right God is good all the time and all the time God is good and today we give him total praise for bringing us back together again for another fabulous Sunday to learn his word right well this was my birthday weekend and as I do every year during the month of June, I take an assessment on how I did for my year, you know, from last June to now. I look back and I see, did I accomplish all that I set forth to do? Were my plans also God's plans? How well did I carry out the plans that God had given me? And when I look back over the entire year, sometimes I hit the mark. Sometimes I fell short. Trying to infuse my own agenda with God's, of course. The one thing I can tell you is that 
my agenda never interfered with my speaking the word here on Sunday. Right? So that is one thing I've learned to do better because before I used to do my agenda all the time and then be like, okay, God, when I get to it, I'll get to it. But since he's had me on this road to speaking with you guys every Sunday or just speaking at any time in general, I have learned to keep my agenda at bay and just do his will to the best of my ability. So I continue to give you everything that he places in my spirit. I never compromise or change anything. You know, it's purely from his word. And that's all, that's the best that I can do with everything that he's given me to do, right? So with all that I'm saying, when you reflect over your life, and sometimes we can be very hard on ourselves. We can be very hard because we're like, oh, we didn't do this. We didn't accomplish that. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. But you know what? As long as you do what he has you to do, that's everything. That's everything. Regardless of what else didn't get done, as long as it was what he wanted you to do, trust everything else is going to just fall in line and fall into place. And one thing I've noticed is this past week, I, uh, you know, I worked the election, right? You know, I do that. I started it last year, but I, I started it as something that I said I was going to do going forward because I just wanted to remember, I wanted to get a better process of the whole election system of how it works, what they do, things like that. And I wanted it to be more than me just going and casting a vote and walking away and forgetting about everything else. So when I work in those polling stations, I get to meet a lot of, I'll say interesting people, for lack of a better word. (laughs) And when you meet these people, you get to understand the dynamic of what God has to go through. And, and I've, I, when I, like I said, when I meet these people and they're speaking, I'm just looking at at them. And in my mind, the whole time I'm thinking, Lord, look at everything you have to deal with on a daily basis. He's awesome. (laughs) He is truly awesome because we as people are a total trip. So just remember that sometimes when you're interacting with others and you're looking at them sideways, like why are they acting like this or why are they doing this? Just imagine all the billions of people that each have their own individual personalities And each has their own individual ways of wanting to express themselves. And you only have to deal with one and it's too much. Just imagine that. You're only dealing with one and it's too much. And that's all I'm going to say on that. But as I was saying, with my reflection of this year, I'm happy with everything 
that I was able to do. I was actually, I actually did more than I thought I was going to be able to do. Or I actually ended up doing more than I thought I would do. So I'm excited about that and I'm looking forward to what he has for me coming this year, going forward. So our topic today, well, let me say, let me say it this way. We talked about forgiveness from before and for whatever reason, he has me still on this thread dealing with forgiveness. Because when you think about it, forgiveness is a, it's a heavy, heavy topic. It's a heavy topic to discuss. For most people, it's a heavy topic to hear, to understand. So he's had me going through this whole lesson of forgiveness right now. And I know there's someone out there that needs to hear this because he wouldn't have me on something if it wasn't going to be beneficial to someone who's listening right now. I mean, he can have me talk about topics, yeah, to have an archive for someone to reference when they need it. But for the most part, when God has me speaking, it's because someone who's listening right now needs to hear it right now. And probably for me to just self-evaluate, like I, like I always say, when he's given it to you, he's given it to me. So... There you have it. But I want to say, most of the time, people think that when you are looking to be delivered or forgiven, it's because you have done something so horrific that only God can forgive you. Right? But can I tell you that every day we commit a sin? Now, I know for some of you who think that you're just so, oh no, i dot my I's and cross my T's. Let me say that again. Every day we commit a sin. Yep. I said it. And I'm going to tell you how we sin when we don't treat our neighbors as we treat ourselves. We sin when we walk past a homeless person that is begging for something to eat. We sin when we don't hold the door for someone that is walking slowly and we're just in such a hurry. We sin when we don't give up our seat to the elderly or handicapped on public transportation or better yet, better yet, when we complain when someone needs assistance on public transportation, and it holds up either the bus, the train, the plane, whatever it, the, whatever it is that we're riding on, if it holds it up, if it holds us up from getting to where we want to be in a timely manner, when we get annoyed because of it, all of the above are sins. Oh, did you think that I was going to say, oh, we sin when we covered our neighbor's wife or their car or their house 
or their clothing. Yes, those are sins also. Oh, or when we commit adultery. Yes, those are sins also. But are we only thinking about those sins that are written in the book? The ones that are spelt out in the commandments? But we also have to recognize that we sin when we're hurting people when we do absolutely nothing. Sometimes even your act of doing absolutely nothing, saying absolutely nothing when it's in your power to do and say something is a sin, right? So like I said, Last time we spoke about forgiveness, I was more so talking about forgiving another individual for a wrong that they might have done to you and the the animosity or anger that you were harboring against them. But today, our scriptures are coming from Psalm 29. Not Psalm 29. Psalm 25. Where is my glasses? You know... <laughs> This getting older thing, it's not nice. I mean, I enjoyed my birthday weekend, but this getting older thing is not good at all. Excuse me. Today, our scriptures are coming from Psalm 25. And they call this Psalm, the Psalm of Deliverance, the Psalm of Deliverance and Forgiveness. And I thought it was quite fitting that with God having me on this issue of forgiveness, that he would give me this psalm to read and just reflect on for this birthday weekend. So when we read this psalm that David wrote, we can understand at the moment that he was troubled and he was going through a lot. And he knew that he had fell short in so many ways. But he also knew that God was faithful faithful to hear him and rescue him and help him. So let's read what was written and see how we can apply it to our own lives. Okay, Psalm 25. And I, I read through various versions of this psalm. And you know, I always use the New King James Version, but today I'm going to use the Living Bible Version because I like the way it says everything out in plain English. And when I'm dealing with a subject like forgiveness, something as touchy as this, I want everyone to be able to understand plainly what God is saying and not leave it to their own interpretation. So that's the version that we're going to be reading from today. So now let me just say this. We all know what sins we've committed, right? We've sinned against God in our words, in our thoughts, and in our deeds, right? The things that we think about that we would never tell a soul, those thoughts that we would rather go to our graves with than to have them said out loud, it is all of those little things that God is trying to work out of us daily. 
to make and to mold us to be the images of him that he created us to be. So as I look now, as I look at the Psalm, I'm going to start reading from one and I'm going to do the, I'm going to read the entire Psalm. So you can follow along with me if you have your Bible open. Because with this one, I, I am going to go and reference a particular scripture, but in this one, you need the entire Psalm to get the whole picture of what God is trying to say. So this is Psalm 25, the living Bible version to you. O Lord, I pray don't fail me, Lord, for I am trusting you. Don't let my enemies succeed. Don't give them victory over me. None of those who have faith in God will ever be disgraced for trusting him. But all who harm the innocent shall be defeated. Show me the path where I go, where I should go, O Lord. Point out the right road for me to walk. Lead me. Teach me. For you are the God who gives me salvation. I have no hope except in you. Overlook my youthful sins, O Lord. Look at me instead through eyes of mercy and forgiveness, through eyes of everlasting love and kindness. The Lord is good and glad to teach the proper path to all who go astray. He will teach the ways that are right and best to those who humbly turn to him. And when we obey him, Every path he guides us on is fragrant with his loving kindness and truth and his truth. But Lord, my sins, oh, many they are. Oh, pardon them for the honor of your name. Where is the man who fears the Lord? God will teach him how to choose the best. He shall live within God's circle of blessing and his children shall inherit the earth. Friendship with God is reserved for those who reverence him. With them alone, he shares the secrets of his promises. My eyes are ever looking to the Lord for help, for he alone can rescue me. Come, Lord, and show me your mercy, for I am helpless, overwhelmed, in deep distress. My problems go from bad to worse. Oh, save me from them all. See my sorrows, feel my pain, forgive my sins. See how many enemies I have and how viciously they hate me. Save me from them. Deliver my life from their power. Oh, let it never be said that I trusted you in vain. Assign me godliness and integrity in my bodyguards, for I expect you to protect me and to ransom Israel from all her troubles. Now, when you hear that, now in reading all that, 
you know that David was struggling with something. And it's hard to pinpoint when exactly he wrote this, like what was going on at a particular time. Because if you really think about it, when wasn't there a time that David wasn't, oh, woe is me, Lord, help me. And it was always something going on with him. And I say that not to say it in jest. You know, I did kind of say it in jest because it did always seem like David was always going through something, but he was. He was, if you think about it, he was a shepherd boy who was anointed by Samuel to be the king. He went to work for the king, Saul, who picked up a demon spirit within himself once the people started chanting about how good David was when he killed Goliath. And he wanted to kill the boy because he knew he was going to be the next king. So he wanted to kill him. So here it was, David was there to help Saul, but in turn, he turned out to have to run for his life from Saul. And how many people, how many times have you gotten into situations like that? That the person that you're sent to help, the person that you're sent to aid, or the person that's looking to you for some type of comfort, because when Saul was having all those headaches and everything, David would come and play his harp and it would make him feel better. So here it is that same person that knows that you can help them, despises you and wants you dead. Now we're talking about David there, but Reflect back on your own life. Not that someone may despise and want you dead, although that could rightly be true. But just think about how many people that look to you for help, look to you for assistance, look to you for aid, but they can't stand you. And they really wish that you weren't around, but yet they need you. So with that, when we read Psalm 25, we understand. We understand what David was going through. We understand how he felt and we can certainly apply it to our lives. And this is how the word is so true and it lives on forever. And as God said, his word would never fail because it is, it is, it's not anything in the past, although this was written in the past, but when we read it, it's like today, God's word is ever present. It's here it's right now happening it's right now if someone were to read this tomorrow it would still be for them right then right then and there and that's the beauty of when you read God's words because it's always happening in the now always happening in the now and we can always apply it to our lives in the now but I want to go back and I want to highlight a certain scripture I want to highlight Psalm 25 14, where he says, now this is the new King James, the King James version that I'm going to read first. And then I'm going to read the living after the secret of the Lord is for those who fear him and he will make them know his covenant. Now the living Bible says friendship with God is reserved for those who reverence him with them alone. He shares the secrets of his promises. So I want everyone to just think about that for a moment, right? When you have friendship with God and when you reverence him, he then shares the secrets of his promises to you. 
So everyone wants to have success. Everyone wants to be successful. Nobody sets out to fail when they get up in the morning, right? You don't get up in the morning, put your feet on the floor and say, oh, I'm just gonna mess up everything I do today. No, nobody gets up thinking that, right? And while none of us go and think like that, we can't go back and undo the mistakes of our yesteryears. We can't change what we did yesterday, per se. We can't change what we said to someone. We can apologize for it, but we can't change it. We can't, we can't take it back. What we did, we can't change it. It's there. It's already set in motion another set of circumstances because every, it's like, okay, and this is the simplest example that I can think of. When you throw a, a pebble into the water and you see the ripple, 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 and it starts out small, but as it goes further across the water, it gets wider and wider and bigger and bigger. It affects the water in a, a wider way. That's the same thing how it is with our actions. And just imagine the ripple effect on the universe, on the atmosphere, when billions of us are making our little moves, saying our little whatever it is we're saying, doing whatever it is we're doing, the ripple effects that we put out there. And you don't know where your little ripple circle, you don't know who's who's in that area that it's affecting, just like they don't know if you're in their area when their little ripples come your way. So we can't change anything that happened from the day before. We can only, we can only try to do better going forward, right? So when I say that, I say each of us, we each have an option when we wanna think about being successful, but the success has to start from where we are right now and going forward. We could either begin the journey, we can start again, begin the journey, or we can continue the journey of fulfilling God's destiny for us as kingdom men and women, right? Now we have to remember, I'm taking all this in the realm of my reflection, right? But you can do a reflection daily. I normally do a reflection daily, but this is all in the realm of me doing a reflection of my year. So God is saying right there in Psalm 25, 14, he gives us the secret for living a successful life, right? And that was to know God's covenant when you know God's covenant, you know his favor and his blessings, right? Because God's covenant is expressly tied to his covering. Because he said, God makes known the secrets to them who fear him. When you're a friend of his, when you reverence him, he will let his secret promises be known to you. So, when you think about that portion in everything that David was complaining about, oh, woe is me with my enemies. Oh, I've done this. My sins are many, but forgive them. He's saying, align yourself underneath God's relational covenant. Have a relationship with God. And in your life, you will experience spiritual success. But there are conditions that go with that success, right? The secrets that reveal to us, that reveal to us is everything 
that God wants for us, right? And this condition is only known when you have that relationship with God. So there is always a cause and effect scenario for achieving success, always. So how do you show honor and God, how do you show honor and respect for God and his word? And when you show honor and respect for God and his word, it will directly impact your level of success. God has standards and he doesn't adjust his standards to however we want to act or our cultural norms that we want to follow. So you can't just take him lightly and hope that everything turns out okay. You must take God seriously if you want to find out the secrets to success in your life. So when I, when God gave me this to read, I said, okay, this is, this is exciting. It's interesting. It gives you a clearer understanding of even looking into yourself because there's a lot of times that when we even do reflection, there's certain areas that we don't even want to reflect upon, but I'm happy that he gave me this. I'm happy that he's starting out my next year to knowing this even more and giving me a clearer understanding of what it is that he's expecting of me. So with that, I say it's time for us to take a music break. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, what Brooklyn sounds like.
Welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Now, it is time for the part of the show that we call Op-Ed. And in Op-Ed this week, I want to talk about a couple of things that took place in the past couple of, you know, days or so. And I'd like to talk about how excited it was to finally have a new national holiday. Yes, back on June 17th, President Biden signed into law a new national holiday, which is now Juneteenth. And Juneteenth is is the combination of June 19th, and that date is so significant because it was the date that the enslaved African-Americans in Texas finally found out that they were no longer slaves. You heard me right. Finally found out a full two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation. Better late than never, right? But in any event, we're happy that President Biden finally signed that holiday or that date to be a holiday into law. And we want to give thanks to Opal Lee. And she is the one woman who single-handedly petitioned to have that date, June 19th, declared a federal holiday. So hats off to you, Opal. So finally, Recognition is given to a part of history that America wants to forget had ever occurred. But I have a question, or actually, we're going to wait for the question at the end. Let me start off with this. I want us to think about something. In 1988, President Ronald Reagan signed the Civil Liberties Act of 1988, which provided 20 thousand dollars in reparations to the surviving detainees of the Japanese American internment camps, right? That was when back in World War II, Japanese people were rounded up and put into camps because they were believed, it was believed that they would assist the Japanese government in the destruction of America. And that came after Japan had had bombed Pearl Harbor. So at that time, and and when World War II was going on, everyone in America was super heightened, super aware, super afraid that Japan was going to come and take over the United States. So that's one thought I want you to keep. Then we have Holocaust survivors have received an estimated one point six billion dollars in reparations from the United States. And that amount was calculated over the years from the estimated losses for the community in both productivity and property income. Hmm. Now here's the question. So if the United States can give away money to the Japanese survivors 
for the way that they were treated in World War II. And if the United States can give away money to the survivors of the Holocaust based on their loss of property and productivity based on those values, my question is, and I know you probably all know where I'm going with this, why is it so difficult for the United States to give away money to black survivors of the transatlantic slave trade? Or if you want to base the monetary reward on productivity and property losses, how about giving black people money for the equivalent of what they could have and would have earned from the promise that was made when they were freed as being slaves of getting 40 acres and a mule or better yet let's just pay the people of Tulsa and Rosewood and all the other areas that were destroyed after slavery for the money and the losses that black people took for their land and productivity? Or how about we stop denying the black farmers access to loan money that is available through the federal government so that they can take care of their farms and hold on to their farms? It's like what is happening today with the small businesses and the small business loans. How about we stop denying restaurants and people of color that have small businesses, stop denying them access to the funds that was set aside by the federal government for the COVID-19 pandemic that we, we, that we just got over from last year. How about we let them get some of that money too? Oh, and by the way, can we toss in an apology? How about that? I'm just saying. And here's my question. Why can America give apologies to everyone, but to the ones that they hurt the most, the indigenous people and the black people? I'm just asking. Now, in other news in op-ed, let's see. Oh, yes, they're beginning to notice that, well, they started to do a study on the use of marijuana and they found that women who use marijuana tend to have more suicidal thoughts than men. Well, when I heard that, I was like, is if we don't have enough issues being a woman, now you got to add on that too. Even if she's trying to get a little break from whatever's going on, the stresses of life, it now will almost make her want to kill herself. Okay, that was enlightening. And on a lighter note, New York City has its first outside, not outside, of course it's going to be outside. New York City has its first curbside charger for an electric car. Yes, it's located in the Norwood section of the Bronx. And they say that this is the one of first of many to come to the city. So let's get excited, people. You can now all run out and buy that electric car that you've always wanted. And that is the end of op-ed. So now, since it is the last 
Sunday in June, we're going to continue with our word of the month, which is steadfast. And our promise for this month is going to be, our promise today is going to come from Leviticus 19, 18. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And with that, I say my time has grown short. It was a pleasure talking to you this weekend. It was a pleasure talking to you today on Sunday as we normally do. And I look forward to us getting together again. God willing. Oh, before I do that, of course, the usual Corona is still out there. Social distance, wear your mask, enjoy your summer days coming ahead. They're opening up the pools. Everything's about to be back to normal. The beaches are going to have all the lifeguards. Everything's going to be out there. Enjoy yourself. Be safe. Wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance. And until we meet again, God willing, peace.
Brother Travis would like to say something this Sunday. <clears throat> Let's give him a hand as he comes. Thank you. If I can have your attention, don't mean to waste your time. I like to tell a little story. I always lost a good and find my way. Tell your story. But then I met Jesus. And something started to change. I ain't proud of the past. I'm proud of the fact that I'm not who I was. 